Praise God. I've really been looking forward to sharing this message with you. Um, I was preparing it while I was uh, sick um, and recovering, and uh, I was really excited to see uh, what was happening. Uh, lovely to see Mardu and her daughter. Sorry, I don't know your name, but welcome. You're very, very welcome here this morning. And, and Rebecca and, and you all, it'd be wonderful. Lovely to see you. Praise God. I, I want to share something that God dropped on my heart quite shockingly. I wasn't expecting it. Um, I was watching Tucker Carlson on, on American TV, and suddenly this message was born because I was shocked at what he was talking about. And so I, I want to share with you uh, a, a message about the last days. How many believe we're living in the last days? I believe we're living in the last of the last days, which began technically uh, with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, at the birth of the church um, uh, around about uh, 30 uh, AD. And so uh, it was really a fulfillment of God's prophecy. And from that time on, prophecy has gone wild. And uh, I, so we can really see that the finishing line is in, in, in sight. Uh, the next prophecy to be fulfilled was when Titus came, came down 40 years later after the birth of the church and destroyed Jerusalem, killing 1.1 million Jews and uh, carried and dispersed them uh, to the four corners of the earth, just as it was prophesied. Yet another prophecy was fulfilled. 2,000 years later. I, I don't know if you're getting the, the, the impact of this. You know, To be able to predict things uh, even 30, 40, even 10 years uh, in, in advance is something quite amazing. But these prophecies are, are predicted in, in, in the hundreds and sometimes thousands of years in advance. And so uh, to, to have them fulfilled so precisely, it, it rules out any uh, possibility of chance. It's really exciting. Yet another prophecy was fulfilled after 2,000 years in 1948 when the Jews came back to the promised land as God promised. In the last days, he said, I will bring my people back to the land. And uh, as a result of them being there, Isaiah's prophecy in, in Isaiah 35 was fulfilled. You remember that's one about the, the desert blooming as a rose. And Fee, we haven't got a, 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 a clicker. Are, they, are we ready to go? Um, okay. Okay, sorry. Praise God. Uh, yeah, that's what happens when you get about three or four hours sleep for two nights in a row. <laughs> uh, we, we had to check that it was actually Sunday when they, we had to come to church today. <laughs> uh, Pastor, what's the name of your Okay, it's called The Last of the Last Days. Uh, so that's the title, The Last of the Last Days. And so here we see uh, the, this desert that was blooming as a road. This is a fulfillment of prophecy that was given thousands of years ago. But since the time of the Jews coming back to the land, the prophetic clock has gone absolutely into overdrive. Since then, prophecy after prophecy has been filled. Whether it's the protection of Israel or the taking back of the city of Jerusalem, uh, it's just gone absolutely ballistic with fulfilled prophecy. So what am I saying to you? That the Word of God is a trustworthy document. That when we look at this and we see fulfilled prophecy over and over again, we can say, man, this is a reliable source of information regarding the future. The Bible is the plenary verbal inspiration of uh, Scripture, the infallible, inerrant Word of God. That's my belief. That's where I say every Word of God is important. Amen? And so we need to understand that. 
You know, those who study comparative religions have told me, scholars like uh, Dr. Regan and, and Dr. Rari and many others, tell me that, uh, th- that there are no uh, other religious books that have prophecy containing it. Because, you know, all you need to do is, uh, you can prophesy, but if it doesn't come to pass, you're very soon exposed as a fraud. Amen? Amen. And so, you, you can look at the, the different uh, religious books that claim to be words of God, like the Hindu Vedas or the Book of Mormon. Even the Quran contains no fulfilled prophecy whatsoever. And so, the Bible stands unique because God knows the beginning from the end. Only He knows that. And so only he can accurately foretell future events. And so that's one of the confirmations that we know that the Bible is the word of God. Because of fulfilled prophecy. Can you say amen? Amen. Okay. So, in the Old Testament, in the Tanakh, there are over 300 prophecies that tell of Jesus' first coming. That have all been fulfilled in minute and specific detail. 300 prophecies all fulfilled. In fact, it's about 333 to be very specific. It were fulfilled at the time of Jesus' first coming. Prophesied hundreds and sometimes even thousands of years in advance. This book that we call the Bible is an amazing book. It's incredible. It has knowledge that is, is worth studying. And you know, even though those, those 300 prophecies were fulfilled in, the, in, in minutest detail, we see that in the New Testament, there are nearly eight times as many prophecies uh, that contain, uh, 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 speak about the second coming of the Lord. That's like 2,500 prophecies tell us that Jesus is coming back. Aren't you glad? He's coming back for his church. He's coming back for you and I. It's a wonderful truth. And we can have absolute confidence that because these 330 prophecies were filled in such minute detail, so precisely fulfilled, that when he speaks about Jesus' return, we can have total confidence that those prophecies too will be fulfilled. So prophecy is a very powerful thing depicting that that God is behind the scriptures. So what does the Bible actually say about the last days that we're living in? I want to read a verse to you from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Uh, and it reads like this. I know this also, that in the last days, perilous times, other versions say terrible times, shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boastful, proud, blasphemous. Man, is that true today? Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, absolutely, without natural affection, truth breakers, false, false accusers, and content, fierce despisers of those that are good. Isn't that coming to pass? Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. That word, uh, perilous times in the Greek is chelopos. And chelopos is actually a, a very important word. It says fierce or grievous, dangerous or hazardous times. We are living in fierce and dangerous times. Can you say amen? amen? It's not easy to be a Christian today, but it's important that we stand our ground. The devil knows that his time's running out and that he's out after the church. He's involved in a no-holds war. Uh, uh, warfare, and he wants to destroy uh, us, our loved ones, and everything that we believe in, especially our faith. And Peter addresses this. 
The great apostle of Peter uh, says in 1 Peter 5, 8, he said, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walk the kingdom about seeking whom he may devour. <coughs> if ever there was a time for the church to be on the alert, it is now. This is the time when we're seeing many prophecies come to pass. We are living in dangerous times. So it's, it's important that we understand that, this, uh, that the devil is out to destroy us. Okay. You know, the best way to avoid against apostasy is to know the word of God, obey it, and put your faith and trust in God. You'll be okay if you do those three things. Can I have an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so we're going to see some very important things that we're going to look at this morning. Um, I believe that the watchman... Could you just tell us those three things again? Sorry. Uh, sure. That we, we know the word of God, we obey it, and we put our trust in the Lord. So if we do those three things, we're not going to go too far off. We need to be, in these times, students of the Word of God. Folks, I cannot impress that upon you enough, but I've got so much to say, I must move on. We need to know that, uh, obey the Word of God and to fear the Lord. We cannot be complacent any longer. We cannot be lukewarm. Paul writes, he says, Arise, O sleeper, and Christ was thrown in your hearts. This is the time for the church to arise, because we're the only ones who truly understand what's gonna, going on in this world. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. See, the watchmen are sounding the, law, the alarm, and they are saying, Prepare the way of the Lord. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7, it says this, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. <coughs> Excuse me. The mystery in the New Testament is a new truth that was previously unknown before this time. So in this case, the mystery revelation is a future climax of lawlessness that has been unveiled that the world had never seen. And we are building very rapidly to this stage of, of lawlessness and, 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 and its dangerous time that we're living in. We're seeing this escalation. As prophesied, we are living in dark, dangerous days. In days of delusion. Just because somebody has a dog collar and stands behind a pulpit doesn't mean that they are servants of the Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You see it's really important. Heresy and apostasy are everywhere, even in the church. Just as it was prophesied by Job, Jude, I beg your pardon. Jude, he told us this would happen. So we need to check everything that everybody says, including myself. Please don't take me at face value. I try and build my life and my messages upon the word. But I am not Jesus Christ. I am a fallible man and am able to make mistakes. So you need to be checking me. Yes. Amen. We check everybody. We don't take them at face value. We've got to be people of the word. So we need to do that. So evil is coming to the church, folks. If you didn't know it, it's coming like an incredible attack. And the devil wants to deceive even the elect, if possible. We are living in days of strong delusion. Where these, uh, only those who know the, the word of God and obey it will be safe. <coughs> Excuse me, I just wonder if there is a gospel to you. <sighs> Would you like some? <laughs> That'll be here. So... Dr. Reagan um, uh, made the statement, and uh, I believe he's correct. He said, in most seminaries in America uh, today, 
most meaning the majority, they are teaching that the Bible is man's uh, uh, search for God. And as a result of it, it contains many myths and fables and legends. This is in seminaries. Higher schools of learning are being perverted. It's apostate. Apostasy is coming into the church and they're training leaders in apostasy. I thank God that I went to a, a seminary where, where they founded and majored on the word of God and proved its accuracy and authenticity. But that's not happening in most colleges today. And so in, in the world of academia, uh, the, the ministers are being trained that the Bible is full of mislegends and superstitions. What hope is there if those are going to be the new batch of leaders? We are in a fight for the truth. Seriously, we are in a fight for the truth. Did you, uh, are you aware, maybe I should say, of the American TV ads uh, to show how they are fighting for this generation? American TV ads showing teddy bears dressed in sadomasochistic gear, normalizing bondage and perversion. Can you believe that? You know, if, that, if that's not an assault on your kids, I don't know what is. Now, after, we have after-school satanic clubs for 5 to 10-year-olds, courtesy of the satanic temple. This is introducing the, the youngest generation to the things of the occult. They are going young because they're after their soul. Here in New Zealand, uh, kids are being taught the confusing message uh, about uh, you know, changing your sex is as easy as changing your, your clothes. No wonder that we have problems with gender dysphoria and gender fluidity. Because, yeah, yeah, because this, they've been taught this, this absolute garbage. In my opinion, this is nothing more than legalized perversion of the innocent. Listen to this quote. Uh, that uh, It's so profound. Vladimir, not Putin, but Vladimir Lenin, quote, said, Give me four years... To teach the children, and the seeds I have sown will never be uprooted. He understood that if you can, if you can indoctrinate the kids from, from early on, that you will have them for life. And that's why there is such a battle going on over education today. Because they, the, 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 the wicked know that if they can indoctrinate your kids early on, that they're going to have an incredibly uh, successful campaign. <coughs> I believe we are living in the days just before Christ's return, where the wicked, the lawless, we are living in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, are we not? We're seeing evidence all over the, uh, the, the, the world that this is happening. Because the conditions are being set for the rise of the Antichrist. And I believe that the, the, the foreshadowing of these events is already here. You can see that the Antichrist is approaching. What I share with you now, I'm going to share three little stories, and I'm not going to give you any details about any of them. I'll give you enough information so that if you want to uh, research this yourself, you can see that I'm not exaggerating in the slightest. But uh, the, the first story is not so bad, and I'll tell you what it is. In the UK, a school chaplain, school chaplain was fired and labeled as a terrorist after preaching a sermon questioning the LBGQ movement. Praise God for a chaplain who refused to tickle the ears. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But it cost him. He's now suing for false dismissal. 
The next story, I, I'll give you enough information should you wish to uh, research it, but uh, honestly, I would encourage you not to uh, because it is so absolutely uh, abominable. The next story is, uh, concerns a feminist with an abortionist agenda. She interrupted a church service, a carol service at that, when she climbed on the altar, and I'm not telling you any more there, um, what she did was so foul and disgusting, it was extremely blasphemous. Moving on. Okay, the next story that, that I... This is happening inside churches. Finally, the Cambridge Dean, the leader of a, in the church, defended a sermon of one of his younger ministers about Jesus' transsexual body. And instead of admonishing and removing this man and disciplining the, 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 the dean came out in support. This is the most blasphemous story. I will not tell you about it. Um, but there's enough. If you should want to think I'm telling tales, you can check on this. Do you remember when, when um, the, the, they printed the, the cartoon of, of Muhammad? Yeah. Do you remember how the world reacted? Muslims all over the world. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. You're getting quick up. <laughs> I'm getting excited. <laughs> it always happens when I get excited. <laughs> okay. So, uh, when, when, when they published that cartoon, uh, the, the, the Muslims around the world rioted all over the world. Uh, people were killed. Over 50 people were murdered. Churches were burned. There was riots in the streets. There was mayhem. I want to tell you that that is nothing compared to the three stories I've just listed. And it, if that is not blasphemous by any means um, when you compare it to the blasphemy that I have just listed. It's in the church. This happened in churches. So, okay. Do you remember what Jesus said to us about the end times in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12? He said, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. You know, he says. You know, this is really, really happening. This is just another fulfillment of prophecy. We see everything that Jesus spoke about. Uh, so when you see these things, don't become discouraged. Don't become despondent. The Bible says, when you see these things come to pass, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. We are getting ready to, to go with Jesus. Jesus is coming back any day now for His church, for those that believe in. And I'm really excited about that. Aren't you? Amen. He's coming back for us. And as we see all these things taking place, how soon can the rapture be if, we, if all these things are visible? So I want to just look at a couple of end time events. And there's no better place to look at this than Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1 as it outlines the events that will come to pass. And as all the prophecies in the Old Testament came to pass, you can be sure that this will come to pass too. It says Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering unto him. That's the rapture. The good news is that the Christians don't go through the tribulation. How many know that Jesus bore the wrath of our, our sins? Yes, that's yeah. right. So we don't, need to, we don't need to be judged because we've already been judged in Jesus. And so we don't go through the tribulation. And it's wonderful, wonderful news. Okay. It goes on in verse 2 saying this. 
that, should, that you should not be soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. You know, Dr. Horton says some Greek texts actually say the day of the Lord or the day of Christ. It doesn't matter. They're interchangeable terms. They're both referring to the last days, to the days of the tribulation. And so that's what we are talking about here, the day of Christ. Look at verse 3. It says, let no man deceive you by any means for that day. What day? The day of the tribulation. The day of the tribulation shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So let's look at the, let's look at the order of what, what has been prophesied. First of all, the rapture of the church. And you know the good news is, when prophetically speaking, nothing needs to happen. The, the rapture of the church is imminent. It could take place before I've finished the sermon. Are you ready to meet the Lord? Hallelujah, I hope so. So, the, the, let's look at the, the, the order. Okay, first is the rapture of the church. Then you have the climax of apostasy. And you can see how that is building so incredibly fast. Now, that's resulting uh, in the revealing of the Antichrist, the man of sin. So you have the rapture, you have the climax of apostasy, and ultimately that will reveal the, the man of sin. Just look how far the apostates have come. God said he created the world in six days. The apostates said, no, no, it was uh, evolved. God said he created male and female. The apostates said, oh no, there are 72 genders. God says, life, all life is sacred. The apostates said, no, it's my body, it's my choice. God said, there's only one way to be saved. The apostates say, no, there are many ways to God. Can you see the falling away of, of, of the world from the truth? The Antichrist shall not come except there come a falling away first. It's the Greek word apostasio. Uh, or, or, uh, it's where we get our uh, English word apostasy from. It's a falling away from the truth. Okay. All over the world, we are seeing an unprecedented rise of apostasy. The likes of which have never been seen throughout all history. This will ultimately reveal and the climax uh, of the Antichrist being revealed. So the question I want to pose to you, if we can see all this taking place now, if we can see all this prophecy being fulfilled, how close are we to the rapture? The rapture of believers is imminent. Okay. How many of you... Or your loved ones will be left behind if Jesus came right now. We need to tell the world how close Jesus is. When Christ is on the cross, self is on the throne. When Christ is on the throne, self is on the cross. You can tell where you are spiritually by dissecting that statement. The watchmen are sounding the alarm. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The second sign is the rise of the false prophet, prophesied in Revelations chapter 13 and 11. But before we get into that, let me tell you something uh, that, that you, may have, you may remember or you may never have seen it. But six years ago, the, the world religions signed an unconditional unity agreement. Did you know that? Unconditional unity agreement. Anglicans, Catholics, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, you name it, they all signed this unity pact. They are all one. Unconditional. 
When did that happen, Pastor? Sorry. Six years ago. Okay. Six years ago. It just happened recently. Not yet. There's another one here. So, uh, let me just sound a warning here. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, the last days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That word expressly in the, the Greek is, uh, is uh, sorry, I just want to, uh, I want to get it right, uh, is ratos, and it means distinctly, clearly, plainly, uh, emphatically, okay? Some shall depart from the faith. So this is what we should look out for. In the last times, we need to see people moving away from the faith. Do you know, in just about every denomination, there are people that have moved away, even from COVID, uh, just as recently as COVID times, people who used to go to church have stopped going to church. There's a, a falling away that's taking place. And so uh, that's one of the signs that we are to look out for. Okay, So... Revelations 13 11. I said we'd get to that. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. Later this, this beast is referred to as the false prophet. So that we're speaking about the false prophet here. His words are smooth as silk and warm and comforting, but they are filled with deadly poison and deception. Jesus warned us in Matthew 7 and verse uh, 15, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Do you know that that's happening right here, right now? We're seeing the fulfillment of this. Dr. David Reagan said that the false prophet sets up a one-world religion. Spiritually, the false prophet's job is to set up the one-world religion which he will head that will appear in the end times. He works in conjunction with the Antichrist. <laughs> Revelation 13 to us says the false prophet's mission is to make all people bow down and worship the Antichrist. Never before in human history has there been a one world religion. Never. This hasn't happened. And in fact, Dr. Dr. Jack Van Impe says that this is the last of the last end time signs. And I believe that he's got a, a real handle on this. And he's saying the false prophet will use this demonic deception, this major religious system to see that all the world's religions are drawn into it. The false prophet will argue that in the name of tolerance, you know, that there are many roads to God. Don't be so doctrinally dogmatic. Let's live for peace and, and work together. Don't fall for that. Amen. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto me but by my Father. It's exclusive. It's the only way. So don't fall for this tolerance rubbish. And so, false prophets said, there are many roads to God. God has revealed himself in every religion. Whether it's Muslims, Mohammedanism, uh, Buddha, Sikhs, there's a revelation of God. No, that's not true, folks. There's only one real revelation of, of God, and that's found in the Scriptures, the Bible itself. The false prophet will say, you can, you can pray to any God you like, as long as you accept the Antichrist as your Messiah. That's true. Satan is behind everything that's going on here in these end times. Uh, he uses the Antichrist to gain political power, and he uses the false prophet to gain spiritual power. Amen? So... 
Those that are spiritually aware will know that this last sign is coming to pass right before our very eyes. And here it is. The two biggest religions in the world have united into what could become a world mega religion, a super religion, representing more than half the world's population. Other religions are ready and eagerly signing on to it. And it's called Chrislam. Have you heard of it? Yes. Chrislam. It refers to a Christian expression of Islam. Okay. Chrislam. Uh, C-H-R-I-S-L-A-M. So it's a Christian expression of Islam. And it's becoming uh, one of these, uh, it's, you know, coming together uh, as a result of them. Okay. It's combining all these faiths. You know, it's interesting. Under under Christian, um, Christians can become Muslims, but Muslims cannot become Christians. That should tell you something, okay? But I, I want to just read to you something that uh, Dr. Gauss has said. It really is fascinating, uh, and it, it affects our culture so prominently. Dr. Gauss points out that the Muslim claims that commonalities exist between the Bible and the Quran. So they came up with a common word document at Yale University in 2007. Muslims told Christians that we have a common word, we stand on common ground, we all worship the same God, we are all Abrahamic faiths. Baloney! Baloney! Okay. But this is coming from the leadership from, the, from Yale University. I mean, you don't get a more prestigious place than that. Muslims say, let us come together in peaceful dialogue and share our commonality. We are large in number, and a large number of Christian scholars and leaders in the West have jumped on this and, said, and affirmed that we worship the same God. This is really the start of Chrislam. Uh, in the world today. Technically, it started 30 years ago in Nigeria. I'm aware of that, but it really took off in 2007 with this commonality document that has been forged. And it's really um, an incredible thing. You know, worshipping the same God, though? No, folks, definitely not. That's straight from the pit of hell. And I'll prove it to you as we go through this morning. Let me say as forcefully and as boldly and as unequivocally as I can. That this is absolutely not the same God. We do not serve the same God. Allah is not our God. He is not the same God as Jehovah. Now, six years ago, the world signed this unity agreement. And as I said, there were all these uh, nations and religions that uh, have, have signed on to it. Three years ago, the two faith leaders, the biggest faith leaders, the Pope and the Grand Imam, signed a historic pledge of fraternity. <coughs> that means a common profession, and in this context I assume that it's faith. This has all the markings of a one-world religion. I believe the seeds have been sown. So, two years ago, so six years ago they, they signed this agreement. Two years ago uh, they built the one-world religious headquarters, um, opened in, in September of this year. And it's called the Catholic Muslim Interfaith Council, opened by Pope Francis. And if we could go to the next one. You said there's a place where the, where the two have joined together. Which country are we talking about where that has happened? Uh, 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 is it Saudi Arabia? Um, it's, no. it's, uh, Does anybody on know? The island of Dubai. Yeah, that, that, that's the one. 
That's it. I, I can give it to you later. I just, I just can't put the name. Um, but if so, here we've seen uh, that these um, actual houses of worship, and really they, they contain uh, the three major faces of the world. On, on the extreme left is is the church that's built for a Christian. Notice there's no cross on it uh, because you're in a, a Muslim country. Um, at the back there is the Jews' uh, temple, the synagogue, and right here, prominently in the front, is uh, the uh, the mosque for Islam. Okay, so this really is the doctrine of demons. The next slide, please, if you would die. Uh, th- this is the symbol for Chrislam. Uh, you may just be able to make out the star of David uh, beneath everything. Then you have the cross and then the crescent moon and star. That is the symbol of Chrislam that as they've united all these uh, faiths together. Let me want to tell you that it, in my Bible, it's the cross plus nothing. It's the cross plus nothing, not this. This is apostasy. This is heresy. Robbie, is there any significance in all those holes and the fact that they don't go right across? Not that I'm aware of. I didn't come across anything in my research. Well, that would say that Jesus didn't die for us. We, 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 we're going to get to that in a second, okay? And the star of David, though, it's yeah, only partly there, isn't it? Yeah, it's obscured. It's obscured and it's only partly there, you're correct. Yes. So, moving on quickly, uh, we, we see that this, this uh, Catholic um, thing was opened. In the next slide, you'll see um, that in, in September of 2022, here is the World uh, Congress uh, of the, the leaders, religious leaders around the world that are uh, coming. And they're ignoring doctrine to unite the three Abrahamic faiths, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. That's how they're doing it. They're ignoring doctrine. And it's here. I'm sure that the, 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 the false prophet will be in, in this place. Chrislam's central belief is that Christianity and Islam are compatible. I cannot denounce that more strongly than, than I could. Worshipping the same God? Absolutely not. Chrislam and, uh, uh, ultimately fails because Christianity and Islam are diametrically opposed on the important issues of faith. Now, did you know that Jesus is mentioned 97 times in the Quran? They call him Isa. Um, it's spelled I-S-A. Um, but he's mentioned 97 times in, in the Quran. But it is not the Jesus of the Bible. And I will show you why now. Because uh, the identity of Jesus Christ in true Christianity says that Jesus is the Son of God. That's fundamental to our faith. You know, if Jesus was just a good man, man, we are hopelessly lost. But Jesus as God, atoning for the sins of the world, is all important. And so, uh, for Christians, for true believers, the deity of Christ is non-negotiable. Without his deity, Jesus' death on the cross would not have been sufficient to make an atonement for the sins of the whole world. It's a core doctrine, and we disagree. Islam adamantly rejects the deity of Christ. The Quran declares the idea that Jesus as God to be blasphemy. If you want to look it up, it's in Surah 517. So Surah is like chapter and verse, uh, chapter 5 and verse 17. So the belief that, that uh, the deity of Christ uh, is considered shirk, polytheism to us, 
That's an you worshiping more than one God if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And it's an anathema to, to the Muslims. Islam denies Christ's death on the cross. You know what they say? They, they say that Christ wasn't crucified. It was somebody else that was crucified in his place. They don't believe in his death and burial resurrection like we do. How can these leaders around the world, and, and may, I cannot stress to you how prominent and how close to home they are, can, how can they say that this is the same God as the Christian God? I am absolutely stunned and horrified. These are cardinal doctrines, crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are rejected by Islam. The Isa of Islam removes the heart of the gospel. We cannot fellowship with them. You know, every devout and sincere uh, Muslim prays the Al-Fatihah prayer. Central to Islamic devotions in the same way that uh, we, we would pray the Lord's Prayer. That's how important. The Lord's Prayer is very important to us. And so is this prayer. In fact, they pray this prayer 17 times a day. How's your prayer life doing? No, no, don't be hands. So anyway, they pray this prayer 17 times a day. And yet, according to Muhammad himself, he says, this prayer is on the lips of every pious Muslim day and night. And it castigates Christians as misguided and Jews as the objects of Allah's wrath. And they say that 17 times a day. Can you imagine how they believe it? Talk about renewing your mind. Dr. No, MacArthur. So how can they be in collusion with, e with each other then? Just apostasy. This is, this, is, this is apostasy. This is the fulfillment of, of uh, the, the, this is the basis on which the, the, the false prophet arises. So, Dr. MacArthur says Islam uh, rejects salvation and forgiveness through Christ, teaching that only Muslims can be saved. Do you know how Muslims not really sure that he's saved? It's kind of, you know, maybe God will let me in. I'll, I'll weigh up your, your good deeds and your bad deeds. And, you know, maybe you'll get in. The only way they can be sure of salvation is if they commit jihad, a holy war. That then, then they know that they can be saved. But Islam denies every fundamental doctrine about sin and salvation. How can the church, we could, <coughs> Anglicans and Catholics, signing up for this, mm. saying this is the same God? Mm. Folks, this is apostasy. This is heresy, and it was prophesied a long time ago. <coughs> what does the Bible teach? And this is probably a, a really shocking. The Bible teaches us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Amen? It says we're told to spread the good news, the gospel. We're to pray for unbelievers, to love them, save them, and help them. That's what Jehovah teaches. You know what the, the Quran teaches? And I'll give it to you in, in chapter and verse so you can look it up. Surah 9.5 says, Slay the unbelievers wherever you find them. That would be you. Slay the unbelievers wherever you find them and take them captive. <coughs> and besiege them, lying away to put them in every ambush. Surah 3, 151. We shall cast terror into their hearts of those who disbelieve. Every non-Muslim will experience that. Surah 2, 191 says, Kill them, the non-Muslims, wherever you find them, kill them. And it goes on to say, Such is the recompense of disbelievers. And, and Muslims. In other words, unbelievers deserve to die because they've rejected the word of Allah. That's the God that the leaders, prominent leaders, 
around the world are saying is the same as the Christian God. Folks, we've got to be so careful that we don't fall for this rubbish. You know what Islam means? It means submission. And they want to bring the whole world into submission by the sword of necessary jihad. It's a holy war that allows Muslims to fight against those who reject the teachings of Allah. And all over the world, we see Christians dying at the hand of Muslims in Africa, in India, Indonesia, and other parts of Asia, Europe, France, and all over, all over uh, Europe, you could say. No, nowhere is safe from uh, Islamic uh, extremism. Do you remember the bombs that, that went off in, in France at the, at the stadium, killing uh, uh, hundreds? I'm not sure exactly. But, you know, the last words that these people ever hear is that they say, Allahu Akbar. God is great. Now, my friends, this is not the God of the Bible. This is not the God that we serve. And don't let anybody tell you that... that um, uh, you see people on YouTube, you see these inter big international ministries, they all claim that uh, this, this is the same God that we serve. We've got to watch out for that deception. So, the last words is, uh, Allah is great. No. Islam uh, portrays itself as what? A religion of peace. That's what they teach. That you hear that all through the media. Islam is a religion of peace. You know what that is? In, in Aramaic, it's takia. And takia is actually means deception. And so, according to the, the Islamic faith, you can practice deception. It is allowed. And, uh, it, it, and in some categories, it's permitted. Uh, in other situations, it may even be deemed obligatory and even honorable in other circumstances. Deception? Is this the same as our Bible? Absolutely not. Takia is a deception that is acceptable uh, in, in Islam to gain control. When Muslims move into an area, I've experienced this in Africa, I've seen it in London, when Muslims move into an area, uh, they are weak and they are vulnerable due to their lack of numbers. They are polite, helpful and courteous. This is what happened in London. And as soon as they have sufficient numbers, the Muslims change. The Muslims started patrolling the streets, yeah. imposing Sharia law in yeah. East London. They beat up the young English girls and shamed them, calling yeah. them whores and prostitutes yeah. because they weren't working the burqas. You know, soon after that, that bombing attack uh, in, in, in France went with the, the, the Islamic extremists, there were all these videos on YouTube, and I watched them. Um, and uh, I, I went to go back to, to have a look and to bring them uh, to show you this morning. They're all scrubbed. They're not there. You can't find them. Chrislam is a deception. It is takia. The next slide, if you would, please, die. Uh, so this is not the God of the Bible. Scholars who say so are apostates. To amalgamate Christianity, Judaism, and Islam uh, is rank apostasy. In time prophecy, one world religion is being fulfilled right before us. You have the unity agreement, you have the, the accord between the Muslims and the Catholics, and you have them coming together and building the, the Abrahamic house. What did God say about this? One of the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
No other God. We need to understand that. The watchmen are sounding the alarm. Prepare you the way of the Lord. If you can see how close we are coming to the, the Lord's coming, you, you, you're getting the message. The last sign that we're going to look at this morning uh, is we're going to, the Bible predicts that in the last days there will be a cashless society where we buy and sell by a mark. Do you realize, do you have got any idea how absolutely radical this is? This is an amazing prophecy. And for, and for thousands and thousands of years, it looked stupid. Because the, the, the accepted medium of exchange was money. In fact, the, the oldest coin still in existence today is the Lydian lion. And it's over 2,700 years ago. So that's nearly 1,000 years before Christ. So me, money was the medium of exchange. And the Bible says in the last days you won't be able to buy or sell except you have a mark. Not with money, but with a mark. And so we see what, that this is a very far-reaching prediction that looked absolutely ridiculous until just recently. Now look at it. Let me read that, that prophecy in Revelation that we're also familiar with. Revelations 13, 16, and 17. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and saved, to receive the mark on his right hand or his forehead. Verse 17 says that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark in which the name of the beast or the number of his name. That was written nearly 2,000 years ago. And it must have seemed really weird. But did you know, for the first time in history, crash is on the decline. Seriously, everywhere. You know, uh, according to the latest statistics, only 18% of global sales are done uh, by cash. To, uh, you know, at POS, point of sale, 1921. Uh, sorry, 2021. That's a whopping 82% of all transactions are digital of some kind or another. And here is what, uh, what started this whole message. I'm lying on my couch and I'm just listening to, to the news and Tucker Carlson starts talking about CBDC. And I, I thought, what on earth? I was just about to get up and change it. But uh, do, do you, have you, you, are you familiar with CBD? Yeah, praise God. Some of you have been to prophecy conferences. So hallelujah. CBDC is a, is a uh, central bank digital currency. And this digital currency is coming to take over the world very quickly. Uh, basically, it's saying you can say goodbye to paper money. It's all going to be digital in the future. Okay, So the Prime Minister of Great Britain, the new Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, announced recently that the world's most economically advanced countries, the G7, are embracing CBDC currencies. It's here. G7 countries, uh, it's time to... Uh, uh, they intend to remove our, our paper money. It's all going to go digital. Uh, and, and it's going to be controlled by the government. Doesn't that make you feel really reassured? Because the government has done such wonderful jobs on, on, on everything around about, but the government wants to control our money. Now, uh, if, if you're interested in this, I, I'm going to ask you to uh, Google a telegraph, uh, the Telegraph newspaper about the article of CBDC. Um, but, you know, so let me just explain what's, what's going on. So instead of having a bank account with, say, Barclays or HBC or ANZ, uh, you'd have a bank account with the government. 
Okay? In the UK, that would be the Bank of England. In, in the US, that would be the Federal Reserve Bank of the USA. And so your pay would no longer be given to you in cash, but it would be given to you as a digital currency. And according to the article that's been published in the Telegraph newspaper about CBDC, the headlines of the Bank of England says, quote, tell ministers to intervene on digital currency programming. Programming. The article says that digital cash could be programmed to ensure, now listen to this, to ensure it's spent on essentials, on goods which an employer or the government deems to be sensible. They are going to pay you and tell you what they think is sensible. They're going to tell you what you can spend your money on. This is, this is happening, folks. It's really incredible. They want to control your money and tell you what and uh, how and where to spend it. Sir John Cunliffe, he's the, the Deputy Governor of the Bank of England. I'm going to refer to him again in a moment. I want to quote him as what he said. And he says this, quote, Digital countries, currencies could be programmed for commercial or social purposes. That is scary as. Even down to the way, listen, your children spend their pocket money, end quote. They are after control in the extreme. That's shocking. This is control to the nth degree. If they control your money, they control you. You're a slave. You're no longer free. They have all the power and you have none. That's why they want to do it. With a digital country currency, if the government deems you an unsuitable citizen and they control it, they can switch off your bank account and you are left with nothing. You become a pariah to the state. This is so dangerous, and they're talking about implementing it now. Mm. If they control your money, they control every bit of your life. Imagine this. You go to buy something. I'm sorry, sir, but we can't proceed with your transactions. Our digital records show that you have already used your quota of beef for this month. However, you could buy 200 grams of plant-based synthetic foods. Or if you prefer, you could have real bugs and insects. This is where they want to go. How would you like to proceed? <laughs> you know, with cash, we, we have a, a level of independence and privacy. You work for it, you're accountable to no one, you can spend it on what you... If you want an extra ice cream today, or you, you can do that. But, uh, you know, if, if, if we CB, um, CBDC currency, and they're seeing that you are overweight and you're buying extra ice creams, they can say, sorry, uh, your tokens are not valid today, you cannot buy ice cream. They will control literally every aspect of our lives, whether it's social or political. Try and protest when the system comes in. Try and protest the government. You know, they, they, they announce it's going to be a major rally downtown. You think, I'm going to get a taxi, I'm going to go down and I'm going to protest it. You try and use your, your CBDC to get paid for the taxi. They say, I'm sorry, your, your currency is not valid uh, for that trip. They can't try because they don't want you to pro protest the government. Because they're in China, they, then people protest it. Absolutely. China's well advanced and in, 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 in India as well. It's another country that's very far advanced. So, 
Listen to uh, Sir John Cunliffe again, the, the, the Deputy Banker of England. He said, digital currencies, quote, could be like smart contracts in which the money would be programmed to be released only if something happens. This is so dangerous, I don't know where to make The potential for abuse here is astronomical. Conform to our wishes or starve. We will not get paid until you obey. It's pay or else, conform or else. You are no longer master of your own destiny. You are controlled by the government. You are a pawn in your own life. This is where we are going, folks. And we are going there so quickly. This, the G7 are embracing it. But do you know it's already in operation in India? In India, let me read it to you. The, the RBI, the Reserve Bank of India, on Thursday, December the 1st, 2022, it's just a few weeks ago, began the much-awaited trial of India's central bank digital currency, CBDC. They're talking about the e-rupee, the electronic rupee. And you can see uh, the, next, um, the next slide, if you will. There, there it is. Uh, it's an electronic device. Now, this article, as we bring this to a close, the article from the Bank of America talks about this uh, contactless uh, payments. It's uh, chip and skin payments. It's, they're saying, hey, this is the matrix moment. We've arrived, guys. And uh, they're talking about uh, microchip implants uh, could be uh, considered the ultimate form of mobile payment, skipping the smartphone technology. Some people are starting to use the, the same technology on this. They say, no, we'll just bypass that and we'll put the, the, the chip straight into people and make them bionic. And small segment of the population is already uh, lining up to try this out. Other supporters of the chip say the implants could drive future payments and other smart functions where we only pay you if we think you've done a good job. This is dangerous. The next slide you, you've all seen is the implanted chip could be used uh, for con uh, contactless credit cards. Did you know MasterCard, 15 years ago, uh, had, had developed this technology and they've been sitting on it for the last 15 years, waiting for a time like, like it is today. BBC headlines said this, microchip implants uh, uh, that let you pay with your hand. They're doing it in the UK. They're starting to do that in the UK. And you can see the, the next slide. Uh, you, you might just be able to make, uh, the, make out the mark of the, the RFID chip under the skin. Really interesting. Peter, uh, in the last days, 2 Peter 3, verses 3 and 4 says, Knowing this, first, that there shall come a time in the last days when scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Where is it? The prophecies of nearly 2,000 years ago are being filled, fulfilled now. How close is the rapture? How little time do we have to tell friends and loved ones about it? There's a falling away that's already begun. The Antichrist is standing in the wings waiting to be revealed. The mark of the beast system is here. The one world religion is here. The apostates are here. The scoffers are here. All the pieces are in place. The next thing to happen is going to be the rapture of the church. We're going home, folks. Look up, pack up, because we're going up. It's wonderful news. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back for the church. You know, the next thing that will happen will be the signing uh, of the peace treaty with, with Israel. It begins the seven-year tribulation. And the world will finally get what it wants, a world without God. And it will be the most chaotic and devastating time. So let me say this. Prophecy is not meant to scare us, but to prepare us. 
Okay? And the watchmen are saying, uh, they're sounding the alarm, prepare ye the way of the Lord. We need to get right before the Lord and we need to be telling our loved ones. Folks, if you can see that they are really implementing this, we do not have a lot of time left. We are standing right on the brink of the Lord's coming. I think a lot of Christians have kind of put, pushed this down much further down the road than it really is. The rapture is very close. It's imminent. Can we just bow our heads in a word of prayer? Father, we, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your warnings. We thank you that, Lord, when it comes to prophecy, we can trust your Bible. Lord, it's a trustworthy document. We can give you praise and glory that, Lord, you, you know the beginning from the end, for you are the Alpha and the Omega. Lord, we thank you that you know the, the, that beginning and end story. And Lord, as we, as we see what you've told us, we realize that we're standing on the brink of your return. Help us to spread the word of salvation. Help us to gather those that are lost. Help us to speak to those, uh, Lord, who don't know you. Lord, and especially to our loved ones. Lord, give us the, the ability to fast and to pray and to, to make special effort to reach out with this news because time is running out. So, Lord, I just want to lift up my brothers and sisters before you and I ask that you would bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. amen. Praise God. Oh, Praise God. Robbie, you know about um, Harare, the world you've got it for? Yeah. Called the prophet. Oh.